This episode of Clinic Gym Radio is brought to you by Clinic Gym Connect. Just go to clinicgymconnect.com to learn more. But Clinic Gym Connect is a wonderful, amazing communication system that you can use in your clinic to grow. All growth has to start around communication and Clinic Gym Connect makes that easy. With two-way text-based communication, the ability to send out review links, the ability to wow your patients, provide great customer service, follow up more efficiently, faster, and using the method of communication your patients are already using, which is text messaging. You can learn more again at clinicgymconnect.com. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I have spent the last 12 years trying to find the perfect model of musculoskeletal healthcare. And I think I found it. I think it's combining chiropractic care with excellent rehab skills and then transitioning those patients into an exercise program at a gym where there's great communication between you and the people running the gym. We call that the clinic gym hybrid model. And over the last two years, we've really been trying to perfect it with the goal of having 100 clinic gym hybrid facilities opening up here in the U.S. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am always your host. This is Dr. Josh Satterley, and today it is my pleasure to be joined by Tony Gentlecore. Tony, how are you? Hello. Uh, despite my, my, my amnesia, uh, I'm very happy to be back. You know, <laughs> so for my I, listeners, as you know, we previously had Tony on the podcast a couple years ago. Uh, before we hit record, Tony made it very clear he doesn't remember me, anything about me, or the <laughs> podcast. So we're starting with fresh eyes. Anyway. Oh man, yeah, it's just it's just, it's been a long year, Josh. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, for my listeners, the reason is Tony's an incredibly uh, sought after human uh, presenter, uh, father husband, and also uh, recently trained uh, one Roseman Pike for oh, uh, yes. her Netflix movie, right? Yes, that was, uh, that was a, a lovely experience. That was, uh, yeah. you know, I had to make a caveat because I know she posted a video of her deadlifting. Um, and I, I, of course, was like, oh, this is cool. You know, she shared it. She let me know she was going to share it. And then uh, yeah. I see the comments in the bottom. Most people were very nice to her. And then, of course, there was the one or two people was like, oh, you know, thanks for bringing over the UK variant of the, of the coronavirus and the mat and not wearing a mask. And I was like, you know, we felt we, that was summer of 2019 that we did this, this video, like relax, like, um, but that, yeah, she was, when she was in town filming that movie, uh, I worked with her for, um, I don't know, close to two months. So yeah, very, very lovely person in in person. It was nice to, to work with her. It's uh, I hear that she's great. I hear that she's nice and she always gets cast as a uh, horrible person. Yeah. Her best roles are no aware. different. If you haven't seen, yeah. what is it called? I care a I lot. Care, I care a lot. Yeah. With God, uh, Peter I, Dinklage. Yeah. Yeah. You want to throw your shoe at the, at the TV screen. Oh after, yeah. Yeah. After she, that movie. Not a, not a, not an enjoyable character to, to no. root for, for sure. No. So <laughs> anyways, well, uh, speaking of deadlifts, uh, you are a, a connoisseur of deadlifts. You are the sommelier of deadlifts, oh, variations, boy. uh, you know, what, what their effect is. And you've been kind of diving deep on the idea of asymmetry is okay. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and there may yeah. be different stances, different ways we're going after the same goal. Um, I think almost universally, we can say we want all our clients to perform some sort of hip hinge at some level, but how that, go- that occurs, you've been kind of uh, going down that rabbit hole. Yes. I, I'm very much uh, a fan of saying that we don't, the human, the human body does not live in a textbook. 
Um, this is not to downplay the information information in the Noah's textbooks. Like I think that of mm-hmm. course is information we all need to know and learn and appreciate and respect. Um, but when it comes to actually working with a live individual in person, you know what we read in the textbook won't necessarily carry over to what we what's going to allow someone to perform a movement well uh, and to perform it safely. Um, you know we have to understand that you know everybody's a little bit different. Um, you know, we all have the same articulations and the same bones, but, but the lengths and where they're located and, you know, angles are all a little bit different. So, um, I, I really try to encourage more fitness professionals to lean into this idea that asymmetry is normal and asymmetry is okay within reason, of course. Um, you it's know, like being that, a person, right? Like it's okay to be different within yeah. reason, of course, you know, like, of course. Yeah. You don't you be too start- weird. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you uh, start every greeting with uh, the F word, uh, that, that might be pushing the limits. But you know, sure, you, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but I agree with you in that I, I'm a big, I'm a firm advocate and fan that people need to be, should be squatting, should be doing some form of hip hinge. But that I don't agree with that, the idea that everyone has to back squat or everyone has to do a straight bar deadlift from the floor. You know, right. so this is where we try to find the individualization. Uh, of those lifts and, you know, taking people through a really simple screen in the beginning, like we don't have x-ray vision, of course, that'd be kind of, I guess that'd be kind of cool if we did, but, hmm. um, you it's know. always interesting when people do have x-ray vision, by the way, in the movies, because it's like, it's not truly x-ray vision. Like you're not seeing through the soft tissues. You're like appreciating the soft tissues, meaning yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see through their shirt, but you can still see like, you know, outline of, uh, their, their body. Yeah. Come on, know. Hollywood, get it right. Jeez. I know. Either uh, go full x-ray or don't, don't claim it, you know, don't but, do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, outside of having x-ray vision, I, I, you know, there, there's some simple non incendiary screens we can take people through like a hip scour um, and actually just watching them move. Like, you know, I, I often tell when I, when I meet with a client for the first time and I'm assessing his or her squat, I'll have the person do a body weight squat in front of me. And then from there, if it, if it feels pinchy in their hips or it doesn't feel great, I'll say, well, why, why don't you just turn, turn this toe out a little bit or go a little bit of wider stance or mm-hmm. um, does that feel better? That oftentimes they may say yes. And I'll say, well, okay, let's lean into that a little bit. Let's load it and see if it feels the same. And um, so, yeah, it's this really weird assessment where if I want someone to improve their squat, I look at their squat Oh, slow uh, down. Hold on. Let me take notes here. Yeah, yeah. Take your notes. Yeah. You said when you it's really weird. It, yeah. Yeah. You want to appreciate the squat. You you said you have them do a push up. What did you yeah, say? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in the, in the water. Um, okay. Upside down though. That's the only so, way. Yeah. You know, there's there's of course things that I, I just think this this the connotation of assessment can can be intimidating to people, especially if they're not if they're not used to being. Uh, in the weight room on the gym floor. So, you know, the last thing I want to do is put the individual on, on, a, on, a, on an assessment table or a massage table, you know, do all these rudimentary, like microscopic assessments and make them feel like they're being judged on every little nitpicky thing. Um, I do do the hip scour because it does give me an idea of like what's going on, you know, passively. Uh, but then I get more information than just watching them do their, the squat or the, the pattern itself. Mm-hmm. And I just try to see if that information matches. Um, and oftentimes, you know, between those two, I, I, I can often better match the stance, the variation, um, the depth, all that stuff to, to the individual. Um, and just to make it so it's a safe, clean, efficient, um, you know, movement that they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get a lot of benefit from. 
That's awesome. Let's go back in time if we can, since we're talking sure. about Active Vision. Let's do some. Uh, you can be Flash. Okay. You can go. Doesn't he go? Can he go back in time? Uh, you know what? My wife watched The Flash. I did not. So, oh. I, but I think you're probably right. It's like a Superman yeah. thing where you Anyways, can fly backwards and. Let's assume he can and that you can. Uh, so there you are, young trainer, uh, super motivated. When did you finally, when did you first kind of get hit in the face with the idea of like, hey, you might need to change this deadlift variation? Um, because you at your core are a, I mean, you are a power lifter. You, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was, coincidentally enough, I was, I was asked this question today. I actually, I actually went to the first gym that I've worked out at other than my studio today. It's the first okay. time being in an, I went to the, a local CrossFit gym here that I used to work out at prior to the pandemic. Um, during their off hours, like I, I have mm-hmm. nothing against CrossFit, but I don't do CrossFit. I'll just train at the CrossFit. <laughs> um, but the, the new coach there asked me like, Oh, how is it that you train? And I, I tend to focus on the big three. Yeah. So squat, deadlift, bench. I've never competed in powerlifting. I've oh, coached okay. a smattering of powerlifters here and there, but I have zero interest in competing. Other than Roseman Pike? Other than Rose, yeah, she, okay. yeah, she, she's, yeah. she's training for 2024. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, that'd be kind of cool actually. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I gravitate towards the, those big three. And I would say when I started having a little bit more of an epiphany, I wouldn't even say it was right away. It was probably, you know, once I started getting into the, you know, when I was with Crusty Sports Performance and Mm -hmm. um, just understanding that, you know, not everyone has to do a conventional style deadlift from the floor, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially working with professional athletes. uh, We we weren't in the business of hurting them or making them worse. Um, Plus the the incidents of um, previous, you know, surgery or uh, sprain, strain, groin pulls, all those things. Because that's the other thing that, we haven't even touched on like, I mean, if you work in rotational athletes, like baseball players or golfers, man, you get a lot of these like overlaid, I don't know what you would call it. Like, so these sports hernias or, or abdominal mm-hmm. strains or even uh, oblique strains that seem to be really centered around the hip and are symptoms of the, the hip dysfunction. Yeah. And um, I, I personally have flared up to people that I wish I never did because I looking back relatively forced them into an exercise they probably shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it's trial and error, you know, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm in the business of just helping people get into better positions and, and, yeah. and having the, having the movement feel safe, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, or stable would be a word I, I would probably use. And, um, and then just, you know, making, and then progressing accordingly from there. Like, uh, nice. I don't think it's rocket science. Um, you know, I just had to get out of well, my way early from early in my career. Like, you know, like we're all young whippersnappers at once. We know yeah, it all. Yeah. Like, I think that that's an interesting point that, uh, I, I, you know, for those, those younger providers, younger strength coaches out there, one of your jobs, I think, if you're going to go after the, the strength coaching thing is to, this is really tough to say, it's to develop a library of exercises for any movement. So let's just say hip hinge, develop as many variations as you can record them somehow. And I would say probably the best is filming yourself doing them. Sure. But then resist the bias to go into one because of some reason other than I've assessed this person and this is the one that they match up with. Like it's like Instagram is awesome for offering up variations of exercises. Like sometimes I'll go, Oh, wow, that's a totally cool way. But it's also, it also biases you to, well, if that's what, you know, LeBron James is doing, then it's awesome for footers. And you're like, uh, that that last jump was the big one, but although you you should note the variation that he might be take be take 
be being taken through. Sure. And, and also with Instagram, we also have to realize too, that that's just a snapshot of their, not only their training session, but well, their training I approach. I thought it was more <laughs> like a documentary. It was kind oh of like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Some would think that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think the industry is, is doing a much better job of understanding that there, mm-hmm. you know, variation, understanding the, uh, you know, finding the right variations for people and that asymmetry isn't like this mm-hmm. disease um, and that it, it is okay and it's normal. Um, yeah. you know, it's definitely getting better out there, which is, which is refreshing. You know, it's a, it's a less of an uphill battle. Oftentimes I found it's not a permanent sentence too. Um, oh, not at all. when you create a range, people can work out and they get stronger. Oftentimes they migrate back to what we would consider sometimes a normal range or a normal position. They just, you know, been sitting behind a desk for however long, or they've been doing yeah. some sort of work that kind of has jacked them up. You know, and I might've said this term last time you and I spoke, uh, and I, but I've used this term a lot of late, especially since I, I ruptured my Achilles. I just, my job is to find the trainable menu for my mm-hmm. clients and my athletes. Like mm-hmm. I try to see, you know, given their injury history, given their ability level, given their goals, uh, let's find your trainable menu. What can we mm-hmm. train or, and how can we train? Let's find the right dosage. Um, and let's attack it. Let's train hard. Let's train with appreciable weight. You know, I'm not there to baby people. Um, right. but I'm not there to crush them either. Like I, Dan John is famous for saying, you know, easy training is good training. Uh, I very much fall underneath that umbrella as well. Like I, I, I prefer my clients leaving a session feeling as if they could do more. Um, to me, I feel like they're going to recover from that and they're going to be able to come back and train hard again. Um, so, you know, I, I think more and more fitness professionals are, are latching on to that mentality. Like there's less of like, I must destroy you mentality. Um, you know, it still exists, of course, but yeah. uh, I often wonder how much of that is just like our inherent human nature of balance. Like as the world gets softer and more padded. So sure. You know, look at playground. You have a young son. So yeah. like playgrounds, as they become a rubbery and softer and the heights are safe, you know, they're no longer, I remember like forts made out of telephone poles where we jump out of the window, but you knew not to land a certain place where you get a huge telephone pole splinter in your hand. Anyways, as that gets softer, do the kids want to run into each other more because they're like searching for that balance of pressure and trauma, for lack of a better term? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so those times when we do want to be crushed in a workout or our client wants to be, is it because somewhere else they're they're being tamped down? You know? Well, I mean, I, I here in Boston, like I, I train uh, uh, quite a few of my clients are very Type A, like they're they're mm-hmm. they're they're white collar lawyers, doctors, right. CEOs. Uh, and, you know, I think they, they want to, they, they come to me and they, they want to be told what to do and they just want to get after it. Um, yeah. and I, and I'm all for that. Believe me, I'd rather have a client who like wants to work hard. Um, but oftentimes I have to kind of re-educate them. Like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make sure that you're recovering. And, and also that, and again, going into the, the root of this conversation, like finding these variations, like that, that match your anatomy and ability level. Um, yeah. you know, cause that way, cause that we're, I, I want this to be a sustainable, uh, relationship. Like uh, you getting, you crushing yourself and getting hurt all the time is not going to be sustainable. Um, right. So, yeah. So going to the, uh, variations of deadlifts, um, sure. first off, I know that you have some 
like online courses and some mm-hmm. uh, presentations and whatnot. Where can folks find that if they kind of want to dive down to what, what we're so talking about here? To go down, to, go, to get a more thorough idea of how I go about coaching that lifter and, and how I assess would be the complete shoulder hit blueprint. There's, there's version one and version two. And, okay. and two is a sequel. It's new material to sequel that I've done with Dean Somerset. Mm-hmm. Um, and both those can be uh, found either on my website, which is tonygenocore.com or complete shoulder hit blueprint.com. Uh, and you can get both. Jeez, could you find any there. two URLs that are any more difficult to spell than those two? <laughs> <laughs> I know we couldn't find something like, you know, uh, yeah. get, get big.com or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but those, those would be the, okay. the main, the main, um, resources for that. Cause I yeah. obviously goes into shoulders and hips assessment and breakdown of everything. Yeah. So, uh, for, for our listeners, Tony, do you feel, could we explain some of these differing setups and stances verbally? Cause we're doing an audio podcast, so we don't have the, the benefit of a picture yep. here, but can we kind of explain some of them and maybe, um, I'd love to do like, remember that old game you play in elementary school? It's like match the picture with the word, you know, yep. like yep. if you find this, then you might want to bias towards this. Or if you see this, this would be a good exercise. So I'll say right out of the gate, uh, 90, 90% of my clients, if not more, mm-hmm. stick with the trap bar okay. um, for their deadlift variations. And the trap bar is the, the contraption where you're, you're sitting in the middle of the bar and the handles are at your sides like a suitcase. Yes. Uh, it's also and by the way, ha- yeah, go ahead. No, we earlier, before we hit record, uh, we were talking Kabuki strength makes actually yes, by yeah. far the best trap bar you can get for multitude of reasons. One of which is they, they realize you need to adapt it to have narrower handles for smaller framed individuals wire. And then it's very easy to load for anyone. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the way the way you can load it is because the bar will be vertical and you can load mm-hmm. the plates on pretty easily and then make, put it down. It's that's a game changer right there. Like yeah. just that. Of, so itself. It is expensive, but by far it's the best one. Plus the fact that it doesn't have a backside uh, allows yep. for a few different exercises that other ones. It's don't. a pretty versatile bar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, you can even do upper body stuff on it. Um, yeah. The, the trap bar is called, said, yeah, the trap not, bar is also called a hex bar uh, right. for those who, who aren't, but what the advantage of that bar is that you can, you can sit in the middle. So your, your, your center of mass is in the middle your axis of rotation, which is your hip is closer to the bar. Uh, it's just an overall more um, user friendly way of deadlifting. Um, people tend to, because the handles are a little bit higher, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people can have a more upright torso. So there's going to be less stress on the lumbar spine, their chest, it's easier to keep their chest up. Um, so you would make that the standard rather than what most people would uh, sure. consider like the straight um, bar. Like- my general progression for hip hinging would be like, you know, glute bridge, pull through kettlebell deadlift maybe go to an RDL variation where they're where, with the dumbbells at their size. And then going into more barbell stuff would be like trap bar, then into a straight bar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have clients who I'll start on the trap bar and they, and they become interested in doing a straight bar variation. And to me, they kind of have to earn uh, that lift. Yeah. Uh, Cause that, that it, to me, it is a progression. Um, so really the, the only time that I'll, I'll make a, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll differentiate from that as if I, if I am working with a competitive powerlifter and, and he or she has to use a straight bar. Um, sure. If we're talking that, then we, then we're, then we're going to talk about um, conventional stance, which is, which is generally feet probably hip width apart. 
uh, and then you're, you're the, the bars in front of you and you're grabbing the, the bar with the hands outside of the knees. Right. Um, that that's generally considered like the, the, the pinnacle or like top of the pyramid or gold standard for deadlifting mm-hmm. because it just is. <laughs> I really can't answer it. Um, it's just for, Why we, is we, it's like a Joe, you know, yeah. Joe dirt. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> but like why? A, why is this cool? Why is the sky? Why are you know? I, but that, I think yeah, it's that's, inappropriate that's, to say, but uh, why is the sky blue? It's just, that's what the standard It's a great is. analogy, but you know, we've, we've got, we've been programmed to think that the conventional stance deadlift yeah. is, is the deadlift. Um, right. You know, and, and, you know, it, it has its disadvantages, of course. Like I think it's the more aggressive, you know, it takes more mobility to get down to the bar. Uh, there's more shearing on the spine because your, your hips are further back from the bar. Um, so from a leverage standpoint, it could be problematic for some people. And I think even Dr. Stuart McGill has, has done research in the past, which showcased like only like seven to 9% of the people that can, de- can actually pull off the conventional deadlift while keeping a, a nice neutral spine position throughout, um, right. which is pretty, which is not a lot of people. <laughs> um, and, and it's uh, probably less than that. If you're working with like people that are over the age of 40 and have been working behind sure, a desk for course. even longer. Yeah, not it's, you know, yeah, and, and He's at a university, so he's pulling in healthy 20-year-olds, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> be careful of that research. Yeah. And, 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 if it, and there are ways to modify the conventional deadlift. Like, the easiest way to do that is just elevate the bar, you know. So, I'll put uh, plates underneath the plates so, like, the bar is higher up on the shins right. and it's just easier to get down to. Um, but then from there, the, the, I guess the regression, if you want to say that, would be more of a sumo stance or a modified sumo stance deadlift. And I, I, I say that with a caveat because I, I don't think the sumo deadlift is a regression. I just think it's different. It's like saying a back squat and a front squat. They're not, one is not a regression or a progression from the other. They're There's just variations different. of it's a variation. Correct. Yeah. So with the sumo, we're obviously taking a wider stance. So our, our feet are now past hip width. Um, toes are generally pointing out a little bit. They're actually rotated a little bit. And now you're, you're, you're grabbing the bar with your hands inside the knees. Um, this is an advantageous position because again, it's less, it's, it's easier to get down to the bar. You're kind of reducing range of motion, easier to keep a more upright torso. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hips are, can get a little bit closer to the bar. So it's just overall probably a little bit more spine friendly, uh, very deadlift mm-hmm. variation. Um, and that's the one I personally use. I personally, I, I do more of like a, what I would call a modified sumo stance. So, so I'm not like, I'm. Oh, go ahead, Josh. No, I was going to say, so if we're looking at your pie chart of, of the clients that you're currently training, or you've trained in the last, let's say, year, right? Sure. So most of the time, about 90% of them will get their hip hinge um, from the trap bar. And, and this is where the internet become, can become an asshole mm-hmm. because we all know, like with the trap bar, then you got the strength and conditioning community, like strength training Twitter will have an argument. Well, the trap bar... It's actually a squat. It's a squatty hinge. Like, cool. yep. I don't care. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I, I want some. I want somebody. <laughs> I want somebody to just do a hinge that's safe. Like, I don't care. I understand yeah. that we're getting a little bit more squatty pattern. I could yes. care less. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like that. That's generally so. Starting so you got ninety percent using the trap bar. When you do go for the remaining ten percent, I'm gonna get well. For the ones that you do move to a straight bar variation. Maybe half of those are doing a sumo variation. The other half are conventional. So we're down to like 5%. I would even say, I would even say I probably gravitate more, more modified sumo than I do conventional. Okay. Um, Just because to me, it it comes down to just risk benefit. Um, 
I know. Do you have a breakover point where you progress from a straight bar, like say two times body weight in the trap bar or something yeah, like that? Yeah, exactly. So I okay. feel like once they get to the point where they can, they can like own mm-hmm. roughly a two times body weight deadlift for a few reps, yeah. then I know they're probably strong enough that they're not going to get in danger. They, they know, they know spinal position. They got body mm-hmm. awareness. Um, Which for Roseman Pike's got to be about 190 pounds. I think. <laughs> weight, right? Yeah, yeah. She, you know, yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't a big individual. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, uh, just um, get a couple, a couple 25s <laughs> on either side and you're at yeah, 2X, baby. Sure she's there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but so, but honestly, for the bulk of people that I trained, I, I had some that, that had been with me for four or five years. Like they just stay with the trap bar. They don't, okay. I mean, that's just, that's, that's their deadlift. Yeah. Um, you know, again, but I, and also I could also, I could probably skew it to my older clientele as well. Mm-hmm. Probably if I were to have somebody well, gravitate to a straight bar, you're, you're, it's usually the, the people who are a little bit, um, you know, under 40. Uh, yeah. Um, my, my mind is going, okay, li- this person can live in downtown Boston and afford uh, personal sessions with Tony. Like they're, they're not young and, no. and they've done well <laughs> professionally. Yeah, you know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing okay for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, <laughs> Yeah. And so, so yep, go one ahead. question I have is when you, uh, one thing I struggle with, and I would love to, for you to help me out with this for a lot of people coming. So I'm a Cairo, um, you know, and a lot of people, when you're getting them back, I have found that for, I would say 60 to 70% of people, I think it's safer to progress them back to a hip hinge going single leg first. So like mm-hmm. an RDL or, you know, a slider, um, slider lunge or something like that. Right. And I don't know if it's that when they lock both feet in, essentially there's a little more shearing in the lumbar spine or, or what the reason is, but I'll typically do that and get them comfortable holding some weight in their hand and then progress them to say trap bar or some other hip hinge. Um, but I don't know how to, what is the equivalent of a heavy trap bar and a heavy RDL? Cause when you do that single leg kind of training or, or, you know, some people argue like your Twitter people that, you know, is it really single leg or is a slider lunge a single leg? Like it's a split sense, whatever. Um, but how do you, how have you found to like know when to progress people or when to regress them into a RDL, like single leg RDL? So you're talking if they're coming off of, if they're working back from an injury, like just finding their entry point. From just for sake of this argument, let's say that we've cleared them of that. Like, so okay. they're, they are cleared hot, but they're not strong enough to do two times. Yeah. So I, if I'm, if I, if I, if they're cleared, um, I like the RDL because what what the advantage of the RDL is that you can do from a top bottom position. So you start in the top position, you're standing, you're not starting from the floor. They can lower the bar towards the floor, feel that bottom position, stand back up. So I often find it's advantageous to start people in the final position mm-hmm. and then and that way well, like a Turkish get up sometimes is easier that way where you well even with lunging like I found mm-hmm. I found sometimes if I have somebody do a split squat like if yeah. I start them in the standing position and have them lower to the floor they're all wobbly but if I start them from the floor and have them stand up they're like oh okay I, I got in this way cleaner it's just like you're, you're, you're kind of like I don't know there's probably some neural must there's probably some neural uh term for it sure um but I find with an RDL, like that, that, that is the advantage of it. Like you, you, they, they kind of get a sense like, oh, this is where, this is what lockout feels like now, you know, and they'll, they'll hinge yeah. back, they'll lower the bar to the floor and they'll feel what the bottom position is and stand back up. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if that answers your question. Right? They could, they could or drop, drop it. it. Yeah, drop. certainly yeah. you can drop it too. Yeah. Sure. Um, um, so I was saying like, if, you know, when do you transition from RDL or single leg to a bilateral stance and where do you have any transition points or oh boy. Um, checkoffs that you look for? I guess, I, I guess the, the, I guess I eyeball it, honestly. Like I, if, if I can, as a coach, I, I've seen it so many times. Like I can see somebody if they, if they, if they, if they've mastered the single leg hinge and I agree with you, I think that's a, that's a great starting point for a lot of people. Cause we, we, we do need to learn a hinge on each hip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once they, once they master it and they're keeping a neutral, neutral spine and, and, you know, I can, you know, I'm not scared to load it. Like if they're, if they're, mm-hmm. if they have half body weight in each hand, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's gravitate, let's graduate to the, to the, to the trap bar now. Um, so roughly if, if you can do, let's just say you're a 200 pound, uh, athlete, if you can single leg RDL with a hundred pounds, I would, I would probably say 50 pounds in each hand. So a hundred okay. pounds. So they're, they're RDL, they're single leg RDLing half their body the total weight. Total load is half their body weight. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. can check okay. off a few reps on either side and, and you as a coach go, you know, that looks pretty clean, yeah. pretty smooth. Let's go. Then progress to the trap bar. Yep. But it's not going to be equivalent of weight right now. Like, no, no. I mean, the, that, then we start talking about the, the bilateral deficit. Yeah. So then, yeah. um, you know, I do, I, I do, Which, think, by the way, just go mention that on Twitter and see, uh, oh boy, your feed will flow, will blow up. <laughs> yeah, you. you know, I, I, I know, I, I, I think people tend to get to their own heads. Like it's not honestly, like I, I, this is a great example. I, I just started with working with a 13 year old female, um, and who's an athlete. So she knows her body. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, I'm not scared. She, nothing I do in the gym is going to be more, uh, uh, um, put more force on the body than anything she's doing on uh, playing uh, field hockey or right. basketball. Um, I was not afraid to just load up 95 pounds on the barbell and say, okay, lift that off the ground for five times. And she crushed it. Like, what do you think she weighs roughly? She weighs probably 110. So you're um, close to a full body weight. Close to full body weight already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. without even me like worrying about it, like okay. I, I, people are, people are stronger than they, than they think they are. Um, you know, and even when, if I'm working with an older female yeah. client, like the same thing, like, I'll put 45s on there and just say, okay, let's go. I mean, within reason, like I, I can, if they've never lifted a weight in, my, in their life, again, I'll probably start with 95 yeah. and even a hundred pounds is intimidating to people. Like, Oh my God, I just lifted a hundred pounds. Like, right. yeah, like, yeah, that fine. is, I would love to, <laughs> I would love to pick your brain and like Dean's and, and Eric's about this. Like, uh, I do love those moments. And I always say they're like, um, they're like the aha moment. So like when a woman does her first pull up unassisted, no bands, no nothing, and gets her chin clean over the bar, oh, like the angels yeah, start singing sure. and like, holy crap, I can actually strength train. Uh, body weight deadlift, I think is, is somewhere in there for both sexes. I think a hundred pound deadlift for women is one of those aha moments. Like, oh my gosh, I'm really strong. And I'm like, and, and many times, strong. Josh, many times, like a hundred pound deadlift can be done on week one. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's just I like, mean, it's all like, of a sudden they, when you tell them that's a 106 pound kettlebell, they're like, what? Like a three digit number. I, what? Yeah. Huh? It's, yeah. it's great. And I love yeah. it. It's, it's, I love it when they, when the, when the switch flips and they're like, the yeah, day. I, it's I great pro- because they, they buy off on the fact like I am strong and you're like, yes. yeah, I know I've been trying to tell you that for weeks, but I'm glad yeah. you realize that. And let's, let's go. Let's go. You know? Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Um, so yeah. Uh, you know, it's a nice discussion to have, like, you know, okay, given this, like, let's do this now. Like, I, I think it's a nice way of, of managing expectations and, and giving people a goal to strive for. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when I, I presented over in, um, back in, this is back 2016, I think, no, no, 2018, I was in Bonn, Germany. 
Uh, and I presented at a, a gym there and I loved it because on their, on their wall, they had, they did, they did semi-private training there. So they mm-hmm. would have three, four or five people training at a time and they had their strength standards on the board. So they say, okay, given, if you can do this, your progression is this. If you can do this, your progression is this. If you can Love do it. this, your progression is this. And I like that because then when people, people can see like, this is, this is what I'm training for. Like I can do yeah. this now. This is what I'm. This is what I'm training to be able to do. And I do think there's a there's a motivational factor there. Um, yeah. If you if you if you, I mean, I think it's I I haven't done it myself. I probably should like have like a, a chart that's just up there. It says okay, here here are the progressions of okay goblet right. squat to a two kb goblet squat to a front squat to that like given you can do this like at this weight. I like, think there's a huge advantage for those people listening to, uh, from a business perspective and a psych- psychological perspective. If you can walk over to a poster and point to it and go like, Hey, this is where I would like you to, Tony, uh, I know you're coming back from back pain and your mm-hmm. pain's under control. That's awesome. I want you to get, you know, get in the mindset that in about three months, you're going to be able to do this with this standard weight. So you're going to be able to do a two KB goblet squat with, uh, you know, with body weight. Right. And they're like, there's no way. And be like, and then you point over in the gym, you're like, see Carl over there? He was where you were like four months ago and he's already 75% of the way to that goal. Yeah. You know, you don't want Carl to beat you, right? Yeah. But then the other effect is like, nobody ever walks into a karate studio, looks at all the different belts on the wall and goes, how much would it be? How long would I train to go from white and stop at red? Like nobody's ever asked that question in their life, right? They're like, from yeah, white great. to black, I want to go, you know, like, yeah. and and you know, that's okay to say like three years, five years, whatever. But yeah, I love that idea of like posting it up and just making it clear for everybody so that it just reduces the arguments because yeah. it's no longer Tony's opinion of what should happen. It's, dude, that's just the map. You yeah. Know? And I, it, yeah. And I, there, it, I think that, I think my wife would say that that provides extrinsic motivation, but then there, there, there comes an intrinsic motivation out of that. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So Either very, way, it's a very it's powerful way. Advantageous to the client, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you did say that you, um, you know, going back, so you have, we've addressed straight bar, trap bar. We've talked a little bit about like RDLs and early on, you mentioned like glute bridges and pull throughs. Sure. Uh, Can you explain quickly for, for the listeners, what a pull through is in case people aren't using it? Um, a pull through is a, is a funky looking exercise for Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) Um, that could be done with a band or a low pulley system. Essentially, you're you're looping one end of uh, the cable system or band to the to the weights, and the other end is attached to like a rope attachment yeah. um, of sorts. Uh, and then the rope attachment is kind of like in your groin area. You're standing nice and tall, and then yeah. from there, what you do is you hinge back and reach back through. So like your your hands are going past your groin back, so you get like hamstring glutes. It, if you could picture in your mind what somebody looks like as they're being thrown off a mechanical bull. At the moment they're being thrown off is essentially yeah. what the pull through looks like. You know, <laughs> they're hanging on for dear life and yeah, their yeah. legs are in front of their hands. That's essentially it. But um, so when do you find that that's advantageous? Because what's interesting is here, you're getting a resistance to the hip extension motion with no axial force or pressure Correct. on yeah. the spine. So what I like about it is it's this a very spine friendly hinge rage. So you're getting little, if any axial loading, um, okay. yep. but you are stressing uh, or targeting posterior chain. So hamstrings, right. glutes, 
erectors, et cetera. Right. Um, and they can't you know, squat it, right? I mean, the, the, well, you, I guess you could, I mean, the one, one major, I would say almost one technique, technique, uh, flaw I say it's, it's not an up and down motion. It's a forward mm-hmm. and back motion. So mm-hmm. I say, you know, if I find that people are breaking with their knees and they're squatting it down, I say, okay, soft knees and sit back. Like you're trying to cut shut a car door with your hips. Okay. Um, like and what I like about the pull through too, is that a lot of it, the, the weight kind of tells you what to do. Like it's, mm-hmm. the weight's pulling you back. Right. Um, you know, from there, it's just a matter of like, just making sure people get, keep a good spine position. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then the other, the other fault that I see a lot of people make is as they're, as they're sitting back, they might round their shoulders a little bit. Um, so I, I, I'll just, I, I might be there to say, pull their shoulders back and just say, make sure your shoulders stay above your hips. I don't want okay. the shoulders to go below the hips. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, great exercise. And, and, and actually it, it, since we kind of touched on people coming from injury, mm-hmm. you know, say someone does have a lower back injury. Um, I do find that's a nice entry point for the hinge because again, there's very little loading on the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, and we're targeting uh, neutral spine, of course, and we're, and we're, and we're strengthening pelvis, abs, hamstrings, glutes. Um, and so do you have nice, any hard and fast rules of when to progress somebody from that to the to uh, RDLs or something like that? Um, I don't. Uh, a lot of it, you know, a lot of it, if, if it's somebody coming off of an injury, a lot of, yeah. I, I dictate it by their, their, you know, pain is pain present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want it to be, I use that one to 10 scale. I don't want it to be above a three, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll stick with that drill for, you know, one, two, three, four weeks just to build mm-hmm. their confidence and build volume. Yeah. Um, and then once the way, once the pain has subsided quite a bit, then I'll say, okay, well, let's, let's go to RDLs. Cause then entry point is, is just like tempo ISO holds. Like I often yeah. find a lot of, um, a lot of times with, when it comes to like low back or knees, I'll still have people hinge and squat, but I'll have them go super slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way they're, they're, they're using a much lighter load, uh, but they're getting more time under tension and they're controlling the motion and they get, they get a training effect. So like they, they're like, Oh shit. Like, Oh man. I took (laughs) a Olympic weightlifting course over a weekend one time and we never picked up anything heavier than a PVC pipe or a wood dowel. And it was super slow, super like, and I thought I woke up the next morning and I was like, I think I've torn the labrum off both hips and both shoulders. Like I'm so sore in my joints. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so I've, I've often, I often tell like, you know, prior to COVID, I, I'd have trainers come in all the time and shadow me and observe. Mm-hmm. And I often tell them like, don't be scared to slow your clients down. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to control slow before you control fast. Yeah. Um, and particularly with coming off injury, uh, you know, is- isometric holds, like holding one position because they carry over above mm-hmm. and below the joint. But then you know, just slowing people down and with a lighter load. I mean, you don't, that doesn't have to be heavy. Of course, we want to get you there at some point, but right. I'm more interested in getting you a training effect. Um, yeah. You doing goblet squats with a five pound dumbbell for 20 reps isn't going to do anything. I'd rather load it a little bit heavier. When a culture would argue with you, man, she <laughs> yeah, tell you you're wrong and five you're pounds. You're wrong, Tony Genacor. A little um, too much. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, pull through. I mean, I, I don't have like a set, like, okay, you, you pull through this much weight. Now you're going to graduate to an RDL. I just kind of eyeball it. I know it but doesn't quality, sound like a, quality movement over multiple sure, reps. Sure. You think sure. you can progress on. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. And then of course you said like glute bridge was kind of the. Well, that's right in there. Like, I don't like, um, 
I don't like loaded, uh, super heavy hip thrusts and glute bridges. Mm-hmm. Bar- I, mean, I like, I do barbell uh, glute bridges. I do barbell hip thrusts in my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say more often than not, I I'm, I'm using bands rather than the barbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually prefer those exercises a little bit higher rep. Um, but I still like them to have a lot of tension. So that's why I like the bands. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll generally do those movements for 10 to 20 reps, um, per set. Um, but I, I don't like it when I, when people are putting on, you know, 405 pounds on a barbell and doing hip thrusts or glute bridges, like, yeah, cool. It looks fine on Instagram, but I don't find there's a ton of carryover to, um, athletic endeavors or even, um, lifting numbers by hip thrusting a ton of weight. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it is I, interesting because like, I mean, uh, if you know, anybody, uh, listening, if you follow Brett Contreras, who's kind sure. of made that exercise popular, a, uh, number one, I don't want to ever mention his name without saying smartest man in all of fitness to target a population that <laughs> loves him. <laughs> like, Hey, Brett, I want to come in here and I want you to tell me how to make my butt look better. And it's like, yeah. okay, we're, you're not going to get offended if I tell you it doesn't look great right now. No, I'm actually going to pay you more money if it doesn't look great right now. It's like mm-hmm. the only man on earth where women are paying him to comment on how bad their butt looks. So Brett, you, you have won. Okay. Like, let me just establish that. <laughs> but what's interesting is um, I always wonder with the, the women you see that are working with him, they're doing, inc- I mean, I got to give them to, they're doing like four times their body weight on yeah. a bar across their hips. And I'm sure. like, A, congratulations. That's amazing. You're willing to load that heavy. And I just wonder in, if they loaded in other exercises, if they would have similar effect, because he does produce some great hypertrophy. I mean, yes. you cannot deny the hypertrophy. And that effect. would be the point. Like, I think that would be the point. They want, yeah. they want, they want a, a nice looking. Yeah. Like when people barrier. dismiss him, I'm like, okay, you're not like the client's goal is being met. A. Sure. It's, I don't dismiss the movement at all. Yeah. I, I, know, that, I know that's not what you were no, no, no. meaning from me. And but. it's a safe environment. Like it checks off all the boxes. So anybody that's yep. hating on him, I'm like, not that you were hating. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, that's, that's done. It's like, well, there's a lot of positives here. But going back to what you said of, you know, it's like the old, um, back in the day when you and your bros would do the leg press at like 24 hour fitness and like yeah. load it up until you couldn't load it up anymore. Yep. But then like, okay, 945 pounds on leg press. And then you go to the <laughs> squat rack and you're like, 185. Hey, t- <laughs> oh, and you're like, Hey, we take off that 25 and put a 10 on. Like I'm smoked. And it's like, yeah, yeah. That translation effect. Now, I don't want to ever negate anybody doing leg press because I've seen some people, it's not the most functional exercise I've ever seen. And certainly as a clinician, I don't think it's great for people. But uh, A, you're under tension. Your legs are pressing weight. Like there's some good there. Um, But it certainly does not translate at all from what I've seen to any reasonable number on the squat. Like Yeah, and I think it's all about the point of the exercise more often mm-hmm. than not is about hypertrophy and, and building mm-hmm. big legs and that mission accomplished. Um, you know, yeah, it's so weird it though. isn't that weird to you? Like the hyper, I don't know if it's the, to get the same training effect or tension in your legs just becomes a spine weight bearing issue. And that's why they go to leg press. Like what, what, what could Ronnie Coleman do to get a similar effect below the waist? You know what I mean? Like yeah, just time yeah. under tension and load. But anyways, these are, these should this this discussion should be now happening around a campfire with booze. Like I'm violating the rules of the universe. <laughs> Where's the whiskey? And, and yeah, s'mores. I'm very sorry. I'm I'm dragging you into this <laughs> broad daylight with no alcohol. Um. Anyways, uh, going back to to hip exercise. So, uh, 
you use glute bridges in kind of their standard idea, standard thought. Well, I'll use it as just kind of like a building contact. So if I'm working with a stark beginner, uh, mm-hmm. I do think that's a nice way of introducing the anterior posterior aspect of, of a hip hinge and in, yeah. in, in a more stable environment, yeah. uh, then I might, I might uh, progress that to a tall kneeling uh, hip thrust where they're in a tall kneeling position. The band is around their waist and they have to hip hinge front and back yeah. uh, in a tall kneeling position. And then I'll, then I, then I'll make the progressions to pull through RDLs, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, I just think, you know, but then some people, and, and that might take a session, <laughs> Uh, you know, you get some clients that just bang. Like I just started with a, I had an assessment with a woman on Saturday who um, was a hip hop and classical dancer for years and years and years has great body awareness. Like her set, yeah. I, I say, like, do this, she did it, do this, do that, do, you know, and uh, she's going to be somebody where, you know, her, her session one, she's probably going to be doing like a, you know, a plate loaded front squat session two, we'll go to goblet squat session three is going to be front squat. Like, She'll progress pretty quickly. Well, there's eight not progressions so in six uh, sessions. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe. Like, uh, and I'm not scared to do that. Like if, yeah. they, if they crush an exercise and they do it well, then okay, mm-hmm. well, okay, let's load it. And if mm-hmm. you're still crushing it, okay, let's let's progress. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really go by any set. Like you have to do it for X amount of sessions or weeks yeah. or whatever. It's like no, if you if you're doing it well, then let's just let's progress. Keep going. Yeah, it, it, you're making as always with these podcasts. It a podcast is the greatest thing because I get to talk to people way smarter than me, way you know better training than me, and and I just sit here and I think like, I wonder if, I wonder if, I wonder if, and then I think of all the people I've been screwing up to this point. So no, I do appreciate I mean, this. No, Although here's one tip I did learn for the glute bridge uh, for those listeners. I don't know if you ever tried this, Tony, but tell me what you think of this or shoot me an email in a couple of weeks to teach people how to hip hinge. Uh, and using the glute bridge to do that, you know, you know that a lot of people glute bridge essentially with their back or with their hamstrings and sure. they won't actually do a glute bridge. They will do a, some other posterior chain bridge. Sure. Uh, when they're down on the floor, just walk up to them, put your hands on their ASIS and mm-hmm. load the crap out of them and tell them to raise you up. And almost everybody will self-correct in like two reps to the wow. point where they're like, wow. oh, okay. Uh, oh, uh. And because they realize if their pelvis is totally thrown off, their pelvic position sucks, all this stuff. Try that and tell me what you think of it. Cause I learned cool. it at a seminar right. and so far it has worked with, I would say greater than 90% of the people. All right. I'll definitely try that. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, especially when you're early on the relationship with the client and, and you're just trying to go, Hey, this is what posterior chain engagement feels like. Load them. They get it. And then from there, you just keep asking like, where do you feel it now? And they're like, oh, yep. yeah. And that, that's a key component. Like that, that last line you just said is a key component. Like, where do you feel it? Um, you know, if they're, you know, with the glute bridge, if someone generally speaking, of course, if, if I find that somebody is feeling it too much in their quads, uh, their, their feet are too close to their, to their butt and they're pushing through their toes. Um, if they feel it too much in their hamstrings, generally speaking, their feet are too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I want, I want that 90 degree angle of their, right. of their, the their tibia, shin, yeah. the vertical shin. Yeah. So yeah. that's another way that I've looked at it too, but I do like your idea of like pushing down and saying, okay, push my hip, push, get, yeah. get me off the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell me what you think. I will. Uh, one other thing too, just for every listening, uh, you know, the reason we have to assess I had one, one patient in the history of my practice, but one patient who had back pain literally from hyperactive glutes. You never heard yeah. about that. Have you? 
everything well, I, I, I mean, did. it's um, yes, it I have heard of it because I, okay, I've, cool. I'm a big fan of, and you maybe maybe you've heard of her, um, Dr. Sarah Duvall. Um, I have not. So I take she has a course out there called the uh, the postpartum and pregnancy um, uh, corrective exercise specialist, and it, it is without question the best uh, home study course I've taken ever. Um, wow. That's saying and something. It, it's, it is phenomenal. And she just rebooted it. Like she just redid the whole entire thing. It's 33 hours of, wow. you know, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it, look, it, I, I had an epiphany with that too, because I was like, you know, I, 50% of my cl- potential clients are women mm-hmm. and, and many of them are, are, are postpartum and postpartum doesn't just mean you just had a child. It could be, you had a child two years ago, three years ago, right. Once you're postpartum, you're always postpartum. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that can be awry there. Um, and she talks about also, uh, another term for it is mom. <laughs> so mom, anybody's yeah, calling yeah. you mom, you are postpartum. You, <laughs> you are postpartum. Yeah. Um, but she, she references like glute clenching often Interesting. and okay. how, and yeah. how women tend to over clench their glutes and that, 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 that can yeah. manifest into a lot of, you know, anterior hip pain and like, yeah. you know, and like just stuff going badly. So, um, it doesn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, it's not, it's yeah. not, again, you, like you even said, you've had one person. Yeah in your entire practice patients. So it's, it's it's rare, but people do over clench their glutes. I'm I'm not, not to the point where they're hyperactive, Mm -hmm. um, but they, uh, no, they emphasize that glute clenching too much, which can, which can lead to some issues. That's why it's all, uh, you know, that that's where experience takes a experience is required. It's also the most frustrating thing to hear when you're young. Oh, you just need some experience. So I don't ever want to discount that, <laughs> that feeling. I'm sure you heard that. Oh, it'll just take time, Tony. And you're like, I don't have time. I'm, I want to know. I want to know. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to respect your time and wrap this up soon, but I do have one burning question. I've always, I want to ask yeah. you for those people who are listening, uh, who maybe are new to the game of training people or new to the game in their, uh, strength coaching, whatnot, you have had, I would say the pleasure, uh, you certainly put yourself in the right uh, in the right rooms at the right times. You've learned from some of the best people living in Boston just by chance happens to be the Mecca of North American strength training. Right? Yeah. It's With, pretty good here. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, good here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but for those people who are getting into it, do you have any tips that you would say, regardless of where they're coming from, uh, tips that will help them progress faster in in becoming an amazing strength coach or, uh, you know, I, this might be a very lame answer. Um, cause I have two, I have two ways of answering this. Number one is, is always have an insatiable appetite to learn. Um, mm-hmm. whether it's digital content, eBooks, uh, blogs, articles, podcasts, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. um, you're always going to learn something. Um, you know, I know Let's whenever throw out I, some names real quick of, of either, cause you just said a woman I've never heard of. And that sounds like a very interesting. Dr. Sarah Duvall. She's amazing. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Some other names. Of people she's who, here. She's in Boston. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's always weird to me. Like I'm originally from Southern California, LA for being the, whatever the biggest population density in the U S right. The greater Los Angeles area. It, it it's just not producing that great of info like Boston is for whatever. Reason. Um, Chris uh, Chris Hitchko he does it. He he does a he runs a Instagram account called Show Up Fitness. Okay. Uh, he is the go to guy that I I point young fitness professionals to out there. Okay. Um. So any young fitness professionals looking to yeah. better gain the skills they would need to actually be successful in this industry, yeah. like he is perfect. Like he he is um he's kind of like he, he I don't. 
I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's kind of like the anti-NASM approach where it's like, mm-hmm. let's not over-assess people to death. Yeah. Um, we do need to assess them, but let's, let's assess the things that are actually worthwhile and, yeah. and like set and like learn how to actually coach a squat and a deadlift and progress stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think everybody uh, listening would be served. I've said his name many times, but Ben Bruno, yeah, uh, Ben Bruno's nothing else for yep. the funniest dude you'll ever meet on Instagram, but also, um, is a testament, you know, he's training uh, a lot of people who are very aesthetically conscious, but mm-hmm. he will not, re- he will not not address strength training with everybody. Sure. You know, like they're, he's working with a lot of movie stars and models and whatnot. And yet he's still like, Hey, we're going to lift heavy weights. And second thing is guy maximized a tiny space, a tiny yeah, space. I've, I've been there. I've been in there a few times. It's tiny. You could probably touch both walls with uh, your hands. It's, on. Uh, like, it's about the size of my dining room. It's yeah. uh, and he's training some pretty famous people out of it. And he's making a good <laughs> living in a, in a place that's tough to do that. So that yeah. I think he's great. Uh, any other recommendations for people to follow or learn from or people to follow? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm partial to, I mean, I, like you said, I'm in a, I'm in a very dense area uh, mm-hmm. of fitness professionals. So people of course know the big names like Eric Cressy and Mike Boyle, um, mm-hmm. but Dan Pope uh, and Mike Reinold are both out of champion physical therapy and yep. performance in Waltham. They're, they're excellent. Um, you know, I, I think for I, clinicians, especially Mike Reinhold's great. Cause even just on his Instagram, I think it's like ongoing education because he breaks down every orthopedic test you've been taught and talks about like, why do we even check this? And yeah, what, what should you be looking he's for? He's really good at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he does it and he does it in a, in a humbling way. He's not like, like chastising anyone. He's just like, no. you know, why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, you know, so. You oh mentioned Dan John earlier. I think. Anything, Dan John, of course, is always yeah, a, a Read nice his one. books. Read his books. Go to any lecture you can when that man is talking. I guarantee you will be a better person coming out of it. Yep. Um, um, you know, Dean Somerset, Luke Worthington, Sam Spinelli, Megan Calloway, uh, Melanie Red uh, is a is a is a is a fantastic female strength and conditioning coach. I forget where she's located, um, but I've been following her on Twitter. She's phenomenal. Uh, it's R E D or it's R E it's Red with two D's. Okay. Um, uh, Katie St. Clair. Um, is awesome. She's down in Charleston, South Carolina, and she she's very much into, you know, she's gone down the rabbit hole of PRI, Postural Restoration Institute, but she's mm-hmm. she has a great uh, introductory course, uh, Lumbo Pelvic Foundations, that I found very helpful. Um, but it just goes into owning canister position, pelvic position, and how breathing kind of interplays mm-hmm. with that and how important it is. Uh, so she's great. Uh, Vernon Griffith uh, is is he's like my latest man crush. He's based out of Virginia beach. Um, he's been putting out awesome content on, uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I <laughs> know it's like, you know, uh, these are, I got four names here. I haven't seen of or heard of, which is, which is a good problem to have, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Funny more. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I do appreciate these. The, the other ones I would say are, um, somebody that I was turned on to, a few years ago, but just have been following lately as well as Mark Fisher. Yeah. Mark's uh, a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening, Mark Fisher runs, um, a gym that is exactly what he wants to run and yep. doesn't get scared of it. And then I recently started following, uh, I think another friend of yours, Pete Dupuis. Yeah. On, Pete's a good friend of mine. Yep. On Instagram. And he's more, I would say it's more business oriented. Definitely. Yeah. He puts out more business, like the business yeah. side of fitness. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's, he's the business director of, of Krusty sports performance. So um, yeah. he's got a lot to say on that, but yeah, right. Mark, if, if you want to talk about business uh, like you're right, Mark Fisher, Michael Keeler, who are both uh, the owners of Mark Fisher fitness and Pete, 
you really can't go wrong with those three guys. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, Mark, Mark and Michael are, are fantastic about relatedness and building community mm-hmm. um, as well as Pete, but Pete gets more into like the, you know, the numbers and like, you mm-hmm. know, building uh, employee, um, um, what's the engagement word? or employee engagement, but also like uh, uh, camaraderie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and like systems of like, okay, you know, yeah. running, I mean, two separate facilities, one in, up here in Boston and one down in Jupiter. Um, although he's, he doesn't, he has less to do with the day to day down in, down in, uh, I'm actually, they're not in Jupiter anymore. It's, it's a uh, Palm, Palm beach gardens. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're, yeah, they're great. Um, yeah. Well, listen, we started out talking about the hip and we ended with talking about who's hip. So I think we've done a good well job. Played. Well played. Well, nice bookmark. Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> it's called a callback, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lesson, lesson learned. Yeah. Well, well uh, I've had a, a hoot here, Tony, an hour has flown by like super quick. Uh, for those listening, once again, where can they find more about you and your courses, your products, et cetera? That's my website. So it's my name, tonygentlecore.com. That's, that's the hub. Um, okay. It has all my social media and blog posts and everything okay. on there and resources. Fantastic. So, and just, um, I mean, so we're recording this in what are we in mid April of 2021? Are you getting a uh, ping to go out on the road? Like, do you see some live um, person? I'm, I'm itching so bad. Uh, okay. I, I, I loosely have something uh, that I'm, I'm hoping to get out to London uh, in October. Good. Um, my buddy Luke Worthington and I are, are hoping to do something out there, but I, I, I speaking of Katie St. Clair, I mentioned her about five minutes mm-hmm. ago. Um, I just reached out to her the other day asking if, you know, if there'd be an opportunity for me to come down to Charleston and do something down there, um, cool. you know, but I, I, nothing, nothing yet, really. Okay. Uh, I'm still kind of, I, I don't think that's going to be, I think def- next year, of course, I think it's going to be more, you know, there's going to be, it'll be more open, but uh, I'm hoping for, you know, I'll do some stuff in the state starting in the summer. I, I'm one shot away. I'm halfway done being vaccinated, um, but I'm hoping that maybe I can get out to, to London uh, in the fall. Um, but you know, we'll see. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'll look for you out on the road, man. I hope we yeah. run into each other. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for the time today, Tony. And on, on behalf of uh, Tony Gentlecore, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Tony. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I want to let you know that this episode was brought to you by ClinicGymConnect.com, ClinicGymConnect.com. Now, if you want to grow your practice, add a gym, provide great customer service, whatever you want to do in your clinic or in your gym, Clinic Gym Connect can help you do it faster, easier, more efficiently, and make your patients and clients fall in love with you. So just check it out at ClinicGymConnect.com.